Welcome to Pure Nonfiction, the podcast interviewing documentary filmmakers. I'm Tom Powers, the documentary programmer for the Toronto International Film Festival and artistic director of Doc NYC. On this episode, we focus on the documentary United Skates about roller skaters in black communities across the country. The film is directed by Tina Brown and Deanna Winkler. The executive producer is John Legend. Last year, it won the Tribeca Film Festival's Audience Prize, and it's coming to HBO on February 18th. The film's dynamic cinematography puts us on the roller rink to experience the rush of skaters out to perform. All of a sudden, you just get a slight bounce in your knees. You don't even know where it's coming from. You don't control it. And then whenever you find a gap, if you can find one, you step out on the floor, try and get a feel of the woods, and then you just let it go. Chantel, let's make it happen. Along with the celebration of skating, there's a more complicated layer to the story. In recent years, roller rinks, especially in black communities, have been shutting down. The directors Tina and Diana do a remarkable job documenting this trend. The Los Angeles owner of Skate Depot gives his perspective. In the urban areas, the land values have gotten so high that people sell the rinks or, like in our situation, they don't renew our lease. The cities and municipalities, they want a Home Depot that's going to create, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales tax. They're not here to serve the public any longer. It's all about money now. In United Skates, we meet several people who are working hard to keep the culture alive. One is Reggie Brown, who lives in Staten Island. Roller skating brought me the love of my life. It brought me a sense of community, a sense of culture. But we don't have either at my local rink. Reggie now helps to organize national skate events where people come from all over the country to show off their regional styles. Here's his wife, Nadira. If Reggie were putting up a lemonade stand, I would support him. Reggie's always working on something. Five, six, seven, go. But keeping skating alive, that's what he was born to do. I hosted Reggie Brown and director Tina Brown for the Pure Nonfiction series at IFC Center. Tina was born in Australia. She has no relation to Tina Brown from the publishing world and no relation to Reggie Brown, who grew up in a military family. I spoke to them in front of a live audience and started by asking Tina how she and Diana entered the world of black skaters. We're total outsiders to this community. We, um, you know, I'm from Australia and Diana's from Hawaii. So we aren't even from the mainland US. <laughs> um, and we're not skaters. Uh, we actually started filming with the Central Park skaters here in New York. And we thought that they were the last of the roller skaters. And you know, like a lot of things that are happening across the city, um, they were, you know, with gentrification, we thought, you know, the, the loss of rinks was, was something they were facing and um, that once they stopped skating, that that would be it. And uh, we filmed with them for a while and then we met these two African-American skaters, younger skaters, who basically told us that, no, skating's not dead or dying. It's, it's underground. You've got to come with us if you want to see, you know, <laughs> some legit skating and, and, and a thriving community. And 
So Deanna and I, not really knowing them that well, jumped on a bus from Port Authority at 3 a.m. in the morning and <laughs> went away to what we found out was a national skate party. <laughs> and we walked into the rink at midnight and our, our mouths, you know, were, were open the whole night with astonishment and, and smiles and we couldn't believe what was happening. And then we actually met Reggie that very first trip. So, uh, Reggie, what did it mean for you to have these two outsiders coming into your community? Well, the first time that I met them, which is um, at an event called uh, All Sweat, which is in Richmond, Virginia. And when I saw them out in the parking lot, you know, we, we have a way of kind of knowing our own <laughs> as far as skaters yeah, go. Because we didn't um, stand out at all. <laughs> so there's little things that it is that you do that, you, you know, you just know you're supposed to be there. So when we kind of asked around, we kind of asked, you know, a lot, and what ended up happening is no one could really validate that they knew them. So we said either they're the news or they have to be the police. So <laughs> so once we kind of asked around a little bit and kind of figured out, then we figured out, you know, the, the story that Tina told you about the two skaters that actually, you know, they, that brought them there, and then they told us what they were doing. Um, and then that's when I just started to introduce them around, you know, to the community, because I mean, one thing about our communities, we're very welcoming of everyone. Um, it's not limited, you know, just to the African-American community, uh, even though it thrives with us and there's things that it is that we have done. It is not, um, you know, limited to just the African-American community. We welcome everybody who comes positive, um, who comes with a pair of roller skates that are their own um, and who just comes to have a good time. And, you know, they, they just came with a sincere interest and they just they found something, you know, where they didn't even know. You know. Yeah. And at first, actually, Tom, we Deanna and I obviously felt that this was a story perhaps should be told from the inside, from someone from the community or African-American filmmaker. But, um, you know, every time we tried to walk away, the skaters kept pulling us back in and, and you know, you should talk to this person and you should talk to that person. And, and, and we really feel that in the end, you know, we were chosen by the community to tell the story. And, um, you know, once we we showed, um, we edited a like, little teaser to show them after we went to two skate jams and we thought or skate parties and we thought if if we're telling the right story if we're on the right track um then we'll continue making this film the film that we think you know we should make about this community but if this is not something you want us to tell if this is not the right direction then we'll walk away and we showed it to a room um full of thousands of skaters and we got a standing ovation and people were crying and hugging us and then then that was it. We we just became part of the the family, and the doors opened across the country. So we would never walk into a rink without a skater from that community by our side. And you know, we made this with the skate community. This wasn't just Deanna and you know, this isn't our voice up there. It's really we're just helping get their voice up up on the screen. So Reggie, when you saw the whole film come together like it did, what did you take away from the film? It was amazing because um, we hadn't seen it. <laughs> the very first time that we actually got a chance to actually see the film was at Tribeca. Now, we've been filming for like the last five years, so it's a lot that has kind of happened, you know, throughout the duration of time. But when we saw it, um, you know, it was amazing. It was just amazing to see um, so many different pieces um, to my community that were just kind of brought together along with other stories that some people knew and others did not. Um, some of the stories about, you know, hip hop history and relevance to the roller skating rinks and the artists being able to perform there. Some of the stuff about the cultural history of segregation as it relates to the roller rinks. Um, some stories and different things. So to see all of it come together, of course, naturally in 90 minutes over the course of five years, it says that there's a lot, you know, to it. This is one of those projects that it takes the whole community to make. And I mean, everyone. 
It takes everybody searching a little bit deeper into themselves, um, paying attention to the things that are happening around them, and then understanding that there are some changes that we need to make in this world. Um, we decided to make some of those changes through roller skating. We decided to use roller skating as our outlet to affect change that would then go outside of the doors. That's why you see in the film, a lot of the relationships that get built within the roller rink, these people eventually leave the rink. So if there's love and there's positivity in that rink, what do you think they're gonna take when they leave out that door? So it's the same thing. So when you leave your problems, you know, you leave everything that it is that you have right there on the, on the wood. So just seeing that on the big screen was just amazing, you know, especially coming from the community, um, you know, as long as I've been skating. It's just kind of, it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. You know, when you're, it's like the first time I felt like I was on the outside looking in, when I'm usually on the inside looking out, you know? So it was truly amazing and they did an incredible job. Um, you know, with the film. And Reggie also, you know, he not only helped steer us in who to talk to, and that's what he did from the very beginning. It wasn't about film me and I should be on, you know, camera. Reggie was making sure that we spoke to the right people, that we knew the history of the skate community, like in each city, the different skate styles, where they originated. So Reggie was our ambassador in that sense and ushering us through the different cities and making sure that we were on track. And, you know, as we... To talk more about him and what he was doing in his life in Adira, we've we that's when we turned the camera on him. Um, but Reggie also contributed some skate music to the the film as well. So he helped us very last minute. We would call a couple, him a couple of different ways. <laughs> but we would call him at like eleven o'clock at night <laughs> when we're in post, going, "We need a track, Reggie." Uh, okay, sure. When do you bed. need it? Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Tina. <laughs> Got to get out of my bed and head down to the studio in my pajamas and come up with this track that has to be ready. So, but it's what it takes. It's 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 whatever it takes. Whatever it took to more so to get this story to be, you know, as authentic and as accurate to my community as possible. You know, that's that's what I was willing to do. Because um, it's, it's not about me. The story isn't about myself. It isn't about Felicia. It isn't about Buddy. It's about our whole community. We're just pieces. You know, we're just little pieces that you got a chance to hear. You know, a little small piece, you know, of what the story is of our community. And I think so many times, you know, we just, we get, I think a lot of times with a lot of films and different things, we get we get caught up in who makes the film. You know, it's like, who's making it? Who's making it? But if the person that's making it is authentic and they took the time, and they really do what they need to do to make the film come out right. Isn't that what it's about? It doesn't matter what they look like, it matters you know, how authentic the film is. And in order to do what you just saw up there, they had to become one of us. They had to live the experiences that we lived. They had to deal with certain issues, certain problems that we faced. They had to go through all of that just to bring this to you in 90 minutes. So it gives them a chance to kind of step into our lives, and it gives us a chance to kind of step into theirs. Because, you know, having a camera like right here, every five seconds, you know, I want to eat some Fruit Loops and it's like, camera, you know, <laughs> I want to go outside with my son, it's like, camera. <laughs> so sometimes you're just like, okay, this is enough, Tina, Jesus Christ. It's like, I'd like to get dressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still the camera was but, uh, <laughs> there's There's the camera. So you get used to it, but, you know, it's, 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 it's something. It really is really, truly something amazing. So, Tina, you said at the beginning of this project you weren't a skater. Uh, did you have to become one in order to do this filming? Well, I have, Deanna and I each have our pair of skates, and, and we can skate-ish. It's really hard because when you go to the national skate parties, it's so many skaters out there, and it's really hard to even walk across to the middle, um, you know, 
let alone you have to join. But basically the outside's the fastest. Like people are going the fastest on the outside and then it gets slower as you go in. And trying to... You have to, to get through that. You have to get through that. So basically you're stepping on, but you have to step on and be at high speed almost immediately. And it's, you know, the analogy is it's like riding a bike trying to join onto the freeway. Um, that's it. And so... You know, I'm not, I wasn't, Deanna and I weren't going to do that. So it was a quiet a night we would get out there and we actually had some skaters push us at high speeds while we filmed on skates. So we just could concentrate on filming. Um, and then, you know, we filmed without people pushing and then we've been creative and had golf carts out on the rink and, you know, filmed from the back oh, of that. Oh, the golf cart. The golf cart. <laughs> oh, Reggie loves the golf cart. Her husband, Matt. <laughs> um, Matt, who actually filmed so many amazing scenes, just an amazing cinematographer. And um, it's so funny. He was in the golf cart, and we're doing these routines. Like, if you saw the opening montage, like, of the film, uh, which was filmed in Chicago, we were skating and doing kind of different series of routines and moves, and he's in a golf cart, so he's at a, you know, pretty decent rate of speed. We're on wheels. So he's like, man, that was great. Now, can you go faster? And we're like, uh, yeah, we can go a little faster. And then we do that, and then he's like, oh, man, that was even better. But can you go a little faster? And it's like, it's like, Two no, we can't later. go seventy-five miles per hour on you know, <laughs> on roller skates. Unfortunately, man. But we were just kind of going faster and faster, and we we're like, yeah, he's really getting a kick out of this, isn't it? So, <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But you know, the golf cart. Oh goodness gracious! <laughs> but we also had some amazing, you know, skate videographers in in the community who we would hand our cameras to or would film for us. Like Travis Johnson is amazing. He got some of the best skate footage in there, and then we would also hand our camera off to some skaters and we would just teach them how to, to film for us and set the focal point and just basically say stay five feet from the subject and just go up, count for 10 seconds and then go down, count for 10 seconds and then we check the footage at the end and tell them what they were doing wrong and then we'll do it again and again. So we just had to be really creative with how to get the skate footage. So this film has some moments of hope of people struggling to keep this culture alive has some moments of sadness, as you see, despite those efforts, still rinks are closing. Um, Reggie, can you kind of bring us up to date in the time that since this film has been made uh, and, and since it's been out in the world and people seeing it, what's going on in this community now? A lot. <laughs> A whole lot's going on. Um, well, one, of course, naturally, is HBO. You know, that's... <laughs> Was that Ooh. February 18 that you said? Yeah, February 18th. Um, so HBO, that's, you know, that's a huge thing that has happened. Of course, you'll get a chance to see it in your living room um, on HBO February 18th. You can watch it as many times as you want to. Um, so that's one thing. So that Study those moves. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, that's, that's a really good thing based off of the fact of it goes out into the world, and there's so many people who just don't know, who don't understand what's happening to a lot of our communities and um, what's happening out here. Um, so I feel like that's a great thing as far as kind of like that. Also, you know, you have certain rinks that have been able to kind of make their way back, um, you know, that have closed. Like, as you saw, like World on Wheels, they were able to, you know, really figure it out. And, shake you and know, Bake in Baltimore. Shake and Bake, you know, Baltimore. Um, what's uh, Dreamland? Is that right? Dreamland, yeah, Dreamland yeah. here in uh, in New York. Yeah, they made their way back, too. So, you know, that, that, was, that was an amazing thing. You could still have... Um, you know, people that are out there really trying to make a way out of no way, you know, like Brooklyn Skates, you know, out, you know, in Brooklyn where they turned the Salvation Army into, you know, a roller rink because 
we just we're gonna roll. So there's a lot of different things that are happening out. You know, myself and Buddy are um, working on a nonprofit model for the roller rink. Um, to hopefully turn the roller rink into a nonprofit, to turn it into um, a cultural institution as opposed to just more so just something recreational, something that the kids can, you know, go to and be there and are welcome at and money doesn't limit them. And, you know, we can actually start to help to fix the tax issue, you know, $96,000 in taxes. I mean, come on. You know, there's a Walmart that's not even two miles up the, up the street that's got a 10-year tax break. Think about that. So now the roller skating rinks are more so kind of are – they used to be recreational, everything was all about fun. So of course, you know, you think back to like the roller disco days and kind of how everything kind of was then. Huge cash cows. Well now they have to do more than just produce skaters. What we want to do is you want to produce productive individuals out into the community. How do you do that? You put them in community spaces and you share ideas, you share love. And you, all these different things that you put together, you help to build someone else. So, you know, like Shannon, like, you know, Felicia's son, skating was his life. You know, I mean, think about that. He said skating was his life. He felt, he felt caged when he couldn't skate. Now, I don't know about you, but when I, when I was his age, I definitely wasn't talking, saying I was feeling caged. I didn't even know how to express myself. I was just doing something else. <laughs> but, you know, he expressed himself, you know, magnificently, just kind of saying, you know, how it made him feel. That's because for us, it means something. And for a lot of people, there's something in your life that has a lot of meaning to you. And whatever that is, you should fight for it. You should do everything in your power to keep it. You should do everything in your power to keep it in your community, to keep it progressive and have it here for the next generation to come take the shoes, you know? So if you do that, then hopefully, you know, you get to something like this where the world can see it. One emotional scene in United Skates takes place at a black-owned rink in Chicago called Rich City Skate. Reggie helped to organize a national event there with skaters from all over the country. It's a joyous occasion, but it's overcast by sad news delivered by Rich City's owner, Buddy Love. Breeze, thank you for your commitment, all right? These last six years has been difficult. And um, I know this may be a shock to some. It may not be the best of news. Unfortunately, for the skaters and the skate community, Rich City Skate will be closing the doors, you guys. And I'd like to thank everybody for y'all's support over the years. This has truly been a great experience for my family and I. Thank you, guys. I love all y'all. I asked Tina if she and Deanna were prepared for that news when their crew was filming. We, um, you know, we've been in touch with Buddy, and he he told us how um, how things were, how difficult it was, um, but he didn't say that it was closing. He just sort of said it was a hard time, and um, we we just knew that Felicia was going to be there, Reggie was going to be there. Um, we had some pickup shots to do. Um, we thought that was, you know, it's a good hub for everyone to come together, and so we actually were very lucky that we went pretty heavy to film there. I brought my husband, Matt, who's one of our DPs. Um, Deanna was there. I was there. I think I was six months pregnant <laughs> at the time, <laughs> filming through the night. Um, and then we had a local um, Chicago, uh, you know, camera guy come along who'd been, who'd been filming with Buddy a bit. 
And he just stayed on Buddy. I said, just stick on Buddy the whole night. And we thankfully had that happening and we just got gold. And it was a really emotional moment for us because we were experiencing it at the same time. And, um, you know, there were a lot of tears in the back room afterwards that um, we didn't, we chose not to have in the film. But we were all feeling it. And, yeah, we, we just wanted to translate that shock and that, that loss on the screen. It was just heartbreaking. You know, Rich City is a rink that I came up skating in. Um, it's different when you have a picture that's up on that wall. It's different when you have friends that it is that come up out of the skating rink. And when you see the kids and you see, you know, the rich kids that are an actual organization that Buddy helped build and develop since they were little kids. And you see them come grow up to, to go to college and all of these different things. And then you see a rink like that close. And you see just how, you know, tight-knit that whole family is. You know, the whole Alexander family is just, you know, they invested themselves, their lives into that rink um, because they believed in the power of what it could do. And, you know, they fought tooth and nail, you know, to keep those doors open. And, you know, it's, a, it's crazy that that, that night, um, Independence Roll is an event that I sit on the committee for. So we're, we're there in a work capacity. So when we're working in the work capacity that's actually there, we have been up probably, I don't know, almost 36 hours before we even hit the rink this night. So we said we were gonna lay down for like 15 minutes and then we're gonna get up and we're gonna go. Well, two and a half hours later, we woke up and we were like, oh my God, we gotta get to the rink. And it was like an I'm hour away from us. seen 50 million texts from us. <laughs> Reggie, we, we saw all these messages. So we hop in the car, we're gunning down the street. It's like an hour away. We barely, we don't even cut the car off. We put the car in park, we hop out. I didn't have my socks on, I throw my skates on. We run through the door. When I come around, and you see me hit a split. I had just got there. <laughs> I just got there. I literally made a half a lap. I did one split. Buddy came behind me, and it was all over. So, so when I got there, I didn't even know. So I was just having a good time, you know, just kind of everybody's just kind of rolling, rolling, and then I find out later. And you know, when I found out later, man, I mean, it's it's just it's just heartbreaking. I mean, in my lifetime, it's probably one of the saddest feelings that I've ever felt. Um, just because I just, how attached I am to that rink, how attached I am to that family, and just what that, what, what, just what that rink meant to that community. It's like, and the power is just not there. Like, there's nothing that you can do. There's not a single individual in this room who could save anything. So I said that day, I can't have that happen again. So, you know, that's when me and Buddy, we really we put our heads together and everybody started to work and we started to try to figure out. And right now the mission is to get those doors open because we believe it. You know, we believe that that rink right there can really show people something. Um, we have some time to take a couple questions if uh, anyone's got one. Uh, so, Tina, how did you choose the cities and the characters that you focused on? Um, that was a really difficult process. We actually filmed with a lot of different skaters and we had a few different storylines that, you know, we tried editing and we actually after the first year of the edit, we had a completely different film than this one. Um, and the end of it was, the end of the film was Buddy's rink closing and it was so depressing. Everyone just wanted to, you know, crawl up in a ball and cry. So we uh, we thought, oh, we need a happy ending and we'd heard rumblings that World on Wheels was, was coming back and then we just you know, stripped it back and, and, you know, looked at what we really wanted to say and valuing 
you know, when a society values commercialism of a culture, what happens? And so that was our through line and that became then how we focused on different stories from each character. I think we, we knew Reggie, Felicia were going to be our main characters from the beginning. It was just they had different stories we were telling at different points. Um, and then Buddy, obviously, with the rink closing, that that brought him up as a, a main character. Um, and so in that we had spent two years in the edit and so that second year was when it sort of more came together. But yeah, we, I mean, we filmed with a lot of different skaters. We A lot of stories. A lot of stories um, across the country. And in terms of the cities, we concentrated on, you know, the Skate Depot shot in LA, uh, I think it was 2014. So it was early on in our filming. And we thought that that was a major city that lost a rink. That was a good anchor point for us because we weren't talking about a small town somewhere. We were talking about Los Angeles. Um, and so that was a main thing that we wanted to focus on Um in terms of North Carolina, it was just Reggie's story and that, you know, a, a state or a city without a rink, you know, what would that mean? Or, or that welcomed the community. Um, and then, you know, Buddy's obviously being the rink owner and losing a rink. So we were just trying to cover different aspects of the community. So it, as Reggie said before, you know, it's not Felicia's story, it's not Reggie's, it's not Buddy's. They're just pieces of a bigger picture of the skate community. And, and like a lot of skaters that we've had seen the film across the country have all said you know i know this story just like you said before this is my story i can relate i can relate to shannon i can relate to felicia i can relate to to buddy or reggie so um and that's what we wanted to represent i want to thank tina brown and reggie brown for coming out to pure nonfiction at ifc center united skates is coming to hbo on February 18th. Thanks to our team, series producer Hannah Nordenswan and web designer Cross Strategy. Our theme music is composed by Andre Williams and our executive producer is Rafaela Nehausen. I'm Tom Powers. You can follow me on Twitter at THOM Powers. Pure Nonfiction is distributed by the TIFF Podcast Network. You can read our show notes, learn about live events, and sign up for our newsletter at purenonfiction.net. <laughs>